Volume two, part five, chapter one of Dr. Wardle's School by Anthony Trollope. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter one, Mr. Puddicombe's Boot. It was not to be expected that the matter should be kept out of the county newspaper, or even from those in the metropolis. There was too much of romance in the story, too good a tale to be told for any such hope. The man's former life and the woman's, the disappearance of her husband and his reappearance after his reported death, the departure of the couple from St. Louis and the coming of Lefroy to Bowick, formed together a most attractive subject. But it could not be told without reference to Dr. Wardle's school, to Dr. Wardle's position as clergyman of the parish, and also to the fact, which was considered by his enemies to be of all facts the most damning, that Mr. Peacock had for a time been allowed to preach in the parish church. The Broughton Gazette, a newspaper which was supposed to be altogether devoted to the interest of the diocese, was very eloquent on this subject. "'We do not desire,' said the Broughton Gazette, "'to make any remarks as to the management of Dr. Wardle's school. We leave all that between him and the parents of the boys who are educated there. We are perfectly aware that Dr. Wardle himself is a scholar, and that his school has been deservedly successful.' it is advisable no doubt that in such an establishment none should be employed whose lives are openly immoral but as we have said before it is not our purpose to insist upon this parents if they feel themselves to be aggrieved can remedy the evil by withdrawing their sons but when we consider the great power which is placed in the hands of an incumbent of a parish that he is endowed as it were with the freehold of his pulpit that he may put up whom he will to preach the gospel to his parishioners even in a certain degree in opposition to his bishop we think that we do no more than our duty in calling attention to such a case as this then the whole story was told at great length so as to give the we of the broughton gazette a happy opportunity of making its leading article not only much longer but much more amusing than usual we must say continued the writer as he concluded his narrative that this man should not have been allowed to preach in the bowick pulpit he is no doubt a clergyman of the church of england and dr wortle was within his rights in asking for his assistance but the incumbent of a parish is responsible for those he employs and that responsibility now rests on dr wortle there was a great deal in this that made the doctor very angry so angry that he did not know how to restrain himself the matter had been argued as though he had employed the clergyman in his church after he had known the history for aught i know he said to mrs wortle any curate coming to me might have three wives all alive that would be most improbable said mrs wardle so was all this improbable just as improbable nothing could be more improbable do we not all feel overcome with pity for the poor woman because she encountered trouble that was so improbable how much more improbable was it that i should come across a clergyman who had encountered such improbabilities in answer to this mrs wardle could only shake her head not at all understanding the purport of her husband's argument but what was said about his school hurt him more than what was said about his church in regard to his church he was impregnable not even the bishop could touch him or even annoy him much but this penny a liner as the doctor indignantly called him had attacked him in his tenderest point after declaring that he did not intend to meddle with the school he had gone on to point out that an immoral person had been employed there and had then invited all parents to take away their sons he doesn't know what moral and immoral mean said the doctor again pleading his own case to his own wife as far as i know it would be hard to find a man of higher moral feeling than mr peacock or a woman than his wife i suppose they ought to have separated when it was found out said mrs wardle no no he shouted i hold that they were right he was right to cling to her and she was bound to obey him such a fellow as that and he crushed the paper up in his hand in his wrath as though he were crushing the editor himself 
such a fellow as that knows nothing of morality nothing of honour nothing of tenderness what he did i would have done and i'll stick to him through it all in spite of the bishop in spite of the newspapers and in spite of all the rancour of all my enemies then he got up and walked about the room in such a fury that his wife did not dare to speak to him should he or should he not answer the newspaper that was a question which for the first two days after he read the article greatly perplexed him he would have been very ready to advise any other man what to do in such a case never notice what may be written about you in a newspaper he would have said such is the advice which a man always gives to his friend but when the case comes to himself he finds it sometimes almost impossible to follow it what's the use who cares what the broughton gazette says let it pass and it will be forgotten in three days if you stir the mud yourself it will hang about you for months it is just what they want you to do they cannot go on by themselves and so the subject dies away from them but if you write rejoinders they have a contributor working for them for nothing and one whose writing will be much more acceptable to their readers than any that comes from their own anonymous scribes it is very disagreeable to be worried like a rat by a dog but why should you go into the kennel and unnecessarily put yourself in the way of it the doctor had said this more than once to clerical friends who were burning with indignation at something that had been written about them but now he was burning himself and could hardly keep his fingers from pen and ink in this emergency he went to mr puddicombe not as he said to himself for advice but in order that he might hear what mr puddicombe would have to say about it he did not like mr puddicombe but he believed in him which was more than he quite did with the bishop mr puddicombe would tell him his true thoughts mr puddicombe would be unpleasant very likely but he would be sincere and friendly so he went to mr puddicombe it seems to me he said almost necessary that i should answer such allegations as these for the sake of truth you are not responsible for the truth of the broughton gazette said mr puddicombe but i am responsible to a certain degree that false report shall not be spread abroad as to what is done in my church you can contradict nothing that the newspaper has said it is implied said the doctor that i allowed mr peacock to preach in my church after i knew his marriage was informal there is no such statement in the paragraph said mr puddicombe after attentive re-perusal of the article the writer has written in a hurry as such writers generally do but has made no statement such as you presume were you to answer him you could only do so by an elaborate statement of the exact facts of the case it can hardly be worth your while in defending yourself against the broughton gazette to tell the whole story in public of mr peacock's life and fortunes you would pass it over altogether certainly i would and so acknowledge the truth of all that the newspaper says i do not know that the newspaper says anything untrue said mr puddicombe not looking the doctor in the face with his eyes turned to the ground but evidently with the determination to say what he thought however unpleasant it might be the fact is that you have fallen into a misfortune i don't acknowledge it at all said the doctor all your friends at any rate will think so let the story be told as it may it was a misfortune that this lady whom you had taken into your establishment should have proved not to be the gentleman's wife when i am taking a walk through the fields and get one of my feet deeper than usual into the mud i always endeavour to bear it as well as i may before the eyes of those who meet me rather than make futile efforts to get rid of the dirt and look as though nothing had happened the dirt when it is rubbed and smudged and scraped is more palpably dirty than the honest mud i will not admit that i am dirty at all said the doctor nor do i in the case which i describe i admit nothing but i let those who see me form their own opinion if any one asks me about my boot i tell him that it is a matter of no consequence i advise you to do the same you will only make the smudges more palpable if you write to the broughton gazette would you say nothing to the boy's parents asked the doctor there perhaps i am not a judge as i never kept a school but i think not if any father writes to you then tell him the truth if the matter had gone no farther than this the doctor might probably have left mr puddicombe's house with a sense of thankfulness for the kindness rendered to him 
but he did go farther and endeavoured to extract from his friend some sense of the injustice shown by the bishop the stantelopes the newspaper and his enemies in general through the diocese but here he failed signally i really think dr wortle that you could not have expected it otherwise expect that people should lie i don't know about lies if people have told lies i have not seen them or heard them i don't think the bishop has lied i don't mean the bishop though i do think that he has shown a great want of what i may call liberality toward a clergyman in his diocese no doubt he thinks you have been wrong by liberality you mean sympathy why should you expect him to sympathize with your wrongdoing? what have i done wrong you have countenanced immorality and deceit in a brother clergyman i deny it said the doctor rising up impetuously from his chair then i do not understand the position dr wortle that is all i can say to my thinking mr puddicombe i never came across a better man than mr peacock in my life i cannot make comparisons as to the best man i ever met in my life i might have to acknowledge that even he had done wrong in certain circumstances as the matter is forced upon me i have to express my opinion that a great sin was committed both by the man and by the woman you not only condone the sin but declare both by your words and deeds that you sympathize with the sin as well as with the sinners you have no right to expect that the bishop will sympathize with you in that nor can it be but that in such a country as this the voices of many will be loud against you and yours as loud as any said the doctor angrily that is unkind and unjust said mr puddicombe what i have said i have said to yourself and not to others and what i have said i have said in answer to questions asked by yourself then the doctor apologized with what grace he could but when he left the house his heart was still bitter against mr puddicombe he was almost ashamed of himself as he rode back to bowick first because he had condescended to ask advice and then because after having asked it he had been so thoroughly scolded there was no one whom mr puddicombe would admit to have been wrong in the matter except the doctor himself and yet though he had been so counselled and so scolded he had found himself obliged to apologize before he left the house and too he had been made to understand that he had better not rush into print though the broughton gazette should come to the attack again and again he must hold his peace that reference to mr puddicombe's dirty boot had convinced him he could see the thoroughly squalid look of the boot that had been scraped in vain and appreciate the wholesomeness of the unadulterated mud there was more in the man than he had ever acknowledged before there was a consistency in him and a courage and an honesty of purpose but there was no softness of heart had there been a grain of tenderness there he could not have spoken so often as he had done of mrs peacock without expressing some grief at the unmerited sorrows to which that poor lady had been subjected his own heart melted with ruth as he thought while riding home of the cruelty to which she had been and was subjected she was all alone there waiting 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 till the dreary days should have gone by and if no good news should come if mr peacock should return with tidings that her husband was alive and well what should she do then what would the world then have in store for her if it were me said the doctor to himself i'd take her to some other home and treat her as my wife in spite of all the puddicombs in creation in spite of all the bishops the doctor though he was a self-asserting and somewhat violent man was thoroughly soft-hearted it is to be hoped that the reader has already learned as much as that a man with a kind tender affectionate nature it would perhaps be unfair to raise a question whether he would have done as much been so willing to sacrifice himself for a plain woman had mr stantelope or sir samuel griffin if he had suddenly come again to life been found to have prior wives also living would the doctor have found shelter for them in their ignominy and trouble mrs wardle who knew her husband thoroughly was sure that he would not have done so mrs peacock was a very beautiful woman and the doctor was a man who thoroughly admired beauty 
to say that mrs wortle was jealous would be quite untrue she liked to see her husband talking to a pretty woman because he would be sure to be in a good humour and sure to make the best of himself she loved to see him shine but she almost wished that mrs peacock had been ugly because there would not then have been so much danger about the school i am just going up to see her said the doctor as soon as he got home just to ask her what she wants i don't think she wants anything said mrs wardle weakly does she not she must be a very odd woman if she can live there all day alone and not want to see a human creature i was with her yesterday and therefore i will call to-day said the doctor leaving the room with his hat on when he was shown up into the sitting-room he found mrs peacock with a newspaper in her hand he could see at a glance that it was a copy of the broughton gazette and could see also the length and outward show of the very article which he had been discussing with mr puddicombe dr wardle she said if you don't mind i will go away from this but i do mind why should you go away they have been writing about me in the newspapers that was to be expected but they have been writing about you that was to have been expected also you don't suppose they can hurt me this was a false boast but in such conversations he was almost bound to boast it is i then am hurting you you oh dear no not in the least but i do they talk of boys going away from the school boys will go and boys will come but we will run on for ever said the doctor playfully i can well understand that it should be so said mrs peacock passing over the doctor's parody as though unnoticed and i perceive that i ought not to be here where ought you to be then said he intending simply to carry on his joke where indeed there is nowhere but wherever i may do least injury to innocent people to people who have not been driven by storms out of the common path of life for this place i am peculiarly unfit will you find any place where you will be made more welcome i think not then let me manage the rest you have been reading that dastardly article in the paper it will have no effect upon me look here mrs peacock then he got up and held her hand as though he were going but he remained some moments while he was still speaking to her still holding her hand it was settled between your husband and me when he went away that you should remain here under my charge till his return i am bound to him to find a home for you i think you are as much bound to obey him which you can only do by remaining here i would wish to obey him certainly you ought to do so from the peculiar circumstances more especially don't trouble your mind about the school but do as he desired there is no question but that you must do so good-bye mrs wortle or i will come and see you to-morrow then and not till then he dropped her hand on the next day mrs wortle did call though these visits were to her an intolerable nuisance but it was certainly better that she should alternate the visits with the doctor than that he should go every day the doctor had declared that charity required that one of them should see the poor woman daily he was quite willing that they should perform the task day and day about but should his wife omit the duty he must go in his wife's place what would all the world of bowick say if the doctor were to visit the lady a young and a beautiful lady every day whereas his wife visited the lady not at all therefore they took it turn about except that sometimes the doctor accompanied his wife the doctor had once suggested that his wife should take the poor lady out in her carriage but against this even mrs wardle had rebelled under such circumstances as hers she ought not to be seen driving about said mrs wardle the doctor had submitted to this but still thought that the world of bowick was very cruel mrs wardle though she made no complaint thought that she was used cruelly in the matter there had been an intention of going into brittany during these summer holidays the little tour had been almost promised but the affairs of mrs peacock were of such a nature as not to allow the doctor to be absent you and mary can go and henry will go with you henry was a bachelor brother of mrs wardle who was always very much at the doctor's disposal and at hers but certainly she was not going to quit england not going to quit home at all while her husband remained there and while mrs peacock was an inmate of the school 
it was not that she was jealous the idea was absurd but she knew very well what mrs stantiloup would say End of volume two chapter one